Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and pirates are something to fear on the sea. Pirates are something to fear. Or buccaneers. <laughs> or buccaneers. <laughs> How's it going, Mike? I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, um, back to work, and uh, pretty exhausting. It's been a really hot summer in New York, but hanging in there. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Just been uh, I've been watching a lot of new stuff on Netflix, and I'm actually watching anime for the first time in like 15, 20 years, man. Oh, how's that going? I'm actually really hooked on one show right now. It's called Demon Slayer, so it's going pretty good. <laughs> oh, I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, man. Um, but Mike, man, uh, we got to talk about a episode today. You know, involved pirates, buccaneers, or whatever, and. I do recall seeing this episode when it first aired uh, on the Disney afternoon. And the reason why this episode kind of, I'm not going to say is good or hold dears to me or anything, but why it's kind of like sticks out a little bit is because at the time in 91, as I've mentioned numerous times on here, uh, I was in Fort Buchanan, Puerto Rico. And the name of the school I went to was Antilles Elementary School. And we were the pirates. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, and then the I can see how you'd have an attachment from that. Yeah, just a little bit of attachment. And then, you know, and when we got to the middle school over there in uh, Fort Buchanan, it was called Antilles Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that there's some pieces of the puzzle yeah. there. You kept you said Buccaneers before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I was gone before I got to high school there, but the high school, there were also the Pirates, too. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but, um, you know, are, are you a fan of Pirates of the Caribbean or any kind of pirate movies or anything? Um. Not really. I like the ride at the Disney parks. I'm not a big fan of the movies, though. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, I, I like the first one. The second one's doable. Da, 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 and I don't care. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know they really drop off after that. Yeah. Like I said, I like the first one. Second's doable. And that's it. I'm done after that. I think there's like four or five of them, ain't it? Yeah. My wife has told me they're great so now that they're all on disney plus i might just give them a chance one of these days is there any other kind of pirate movie that sticks out to you that you enjoy or, or anything pirate like that? movies i can't think of any uh the only thing i can think of then um treasure island oh treasure island oh, yeah treasure island that's a classic I, well this should come as no surprise for me but i love muppet treasure island because you know me and all things muppet i do like that movie tim tim curry is great in it um Treasure Planet is kind of a pirate movie. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that, but, you know, it's Disney-related. Not a favorite of mine. The original Treasure Island, the Disney one, I don't think I've seen in a long time. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't seen it in so long, man. Um, let, let's get away from Peter Pan. Uh, let's kind of get away from Disney for a second. What about Hook? Do you like Hook? I've seen it. Um, I don't love it, but I've seen it. It's good. Okay. I, I like Hook a lot. Um, I'm not a big Peter Pan guy, but I do like Hook a lot for some reason. I don't know That's what it is. About Hook. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else really coming to my head with pirates for some reason, though. You, you'd think there would be more. I'm sure there's plenty more we're not thinking of. Yeah. I think because we're doing it on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But, um, yeah, Mike, uh, I just got back from Huntsville what, like a week ago, and the kids had a blast. Uh they got exhausted quickly, though. They, they weren't used to all that walking around and stuff. But, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, but they got some cool items that they bought there, or I actually bought, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. they don't have disposable income yet. 
Nah, but I got to meet Ernie Reyes Jr. and got a photo mm-hmm. with him. Got to chit chat with him for about 10, 15 minutes. Um, Sorry, I called Billy him. West wasn't there. Yeah, that kind of sucked, man. But uh, I did call Ernie Reyes out to a fight. I told him I would meet him in the parking lot. And he said, you sure? I still got it in me. And I was like, nah, man, I'm just playing, man. I don't want none of that. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Be <laughs> yeah. careful. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. But it, it was it was okay. It was about 300 people there on opening day of the convention. That's, that's low for any convention. Yeah, it was really low, but it was spaced out. Um <sighs> I'll be honest with you. Okay, here it goes. I'm just going to break the ice here. Yeah, man. If it wasn't for the vendors, that thing would have been a bust, man. The vendors vendors saved the convention. They were excited. They were giving deals. Uh, They were giving bundle deals. Like, they were willing to barter, you know, or let you barter them. Not really lowball them, but, you know... They were willing to work out a deal. You know, they probably have to make their money back just from being there, cost money to get there and everything. So with low turnout, they're going to want to sell things for whatever they can just to make some money. Yeah. And I'm sure they don't want to load it back up in the truck. Yeah. Like get get rid of what we can. That's a fair price, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've gone to quite a few Godzilla conventions. I have many, many friends who are dealers and say that they don't want to bring home a lot of merchandise they want to get rid of as much as they can with it mm-hmm. you know they want to sell it within reason but you don't want to be taking things home with you yeah man but i like i said though the, i think the vendors really saved the convention we got we went up there you got some great deals mm-hmm. uh, from funko pops to comics to toys to the girls getting arts and crafts stuff and sold on purses it, uh, it, it made it worth it yeah it, it made it worth it man i'm telling you the vendors save that convention if it wasn't for the vendors so shout out to them but uh mike um let's name the episode and then let's get into some where they could find us and some shout outs man yeah of course let's do that we're talking about darkwing doubloon today um man darkwing doubloon and uh <laughs> darkwing doubloon um and uh yeah, so you can you guys can find us in all sorts of podcast apps. We are just we just hit Amazon. Um, there's a podcast app on Amazon now, so we're just hitting that. And of course, all our usual spots: Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, uh, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast, um, i iHeartRadio, and Pandora. And of course, you can also listen to us on YouTube. We mm-hmm. have our virtual panel. It's been a couple of months, but it's still worth checking out if you have not. And as well as um, your Amazon Echo, you can speak into that. It'll play the latest episode for you. I think that's everything. I didn't expect to be adding a new one this late in the game, but (laughs) but here we are. And shout outs, Will. Yeah, I, I got a, some simple shout outs this time. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Tiffany Silverbron. Thanks for filling in for me. Uh, I, I just listened to it. She did really good. You were um, great, Tiffany. <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Felicia. Uh, y'all know her as Gadget. She's been on our podcast before. I uh, want to give a shout out to my homeboy, Dante. And uh, Terry, also want to give one last to Tim Partridge out there in the UK, man. Shout out to Tim. Yeah, it's always good. He he joins us in our um, you know, our messengers. We talk to him a lot. It's nice that even though he's the other side of the uh, the world, basically, he still has time to talk to us about Darkwing and all the fun stuff like that. And oh, if you guys if you guys enjoyed Tiffany last week, she will be back on for another episode coming up. Um, but we won't tell you which one yet. Oh, okay. Hey, I don't even know then. Or or <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I think you just forgot. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, so let's go ahead and get into this episode, Mike, Darkwing to Bloom. What's mm-hmm. our production and air date order? Okay, so this one aired Monday, December 16th, 1991. I say that with some surprise because the syndicated episodes took like two and a half weeks off. Um, the longest gap you have to go without new Darkwing episodes since the show started in September. So this is the longest anybody watching it first run had to wait for a new episode. Mm-hmm. About, about two weeks since Merchant of Menace aired. And it was 48th in production order. And our story editor was Tom Minton. Um, I honestly, well, I'm not a big fan of this episode. I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it. It's definitely a lower episode for me. I'm not going to blame it on Tom Minton. He's mm-hmm. a good story editor. Um, honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a script problem as far as I'm concerned because the writer is Bruce Reed Schaefer again. The only other time we heard that name was on the episode Film Flan. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. We had problems with that one, too. The editing was weird. It was kind of a strangely written episode. A lot of that's happening here. It's a really weirdly edited episode. Um, I have problems with it from the script. It's I'll go into it, of course. Okay. And, uh, uh, I was just going to say, I, I have some pros and cons in it. Uh, I'm yeah. actually cool with the episode, but uh, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's to me, it's like one of those one-time filler episodes. You know, it's yeah. okay. You know, I'm cool with it though. Well, my, my one of my problems with it is I think it could have been a lot better. Yes, I do agree with that. <laughs> there's a lot of things going for it. Um, it has a ton of characters in it, like a ton. It's kind of almost like a a mini Justice Ducks episodes. Not all the ep- characters are the same. But you still have the Fearsome Five, you have Gizmo Duck, you have Stegma, the Muddlefoots have a brief appearance. There is a lot going for it, but it's just a super unfocused, sloppy episode that has its, has its you know, pros, but I'm just not feeling it. You know, after all these years of watching it, I'm still not, it's just not a favorite of mine. Um, There's one thing that really assessed me about this episode. There's a missed opportunity for a major character of, that I really like, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Um I, you know who of, I'm talking about. A couple <laughs> of major characters, if you ask me, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and animation-wise, this is our last Kennedy show, um, and that's fine. I'm not going to miss them on the show, unlike Australia. This is their last one. Mm-hmm. Um, you said the animation didn't really bother you all that much? No, it didn't really bother me too much. Uh, I thought it was fine. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of Kennedy at all. Uh, but I don't think this is their worst one. But I know you got some behind-the-scenes yeah, info yeah. about that. <laughs> it's it's not the animation isn't terrible in that oh my god this is god awful kind of way that other Kennedy episodes were. But I find a lot of it to be super bland, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it. Now, if you guys remember when you listened to Up Up and Awry, we had the Kennedy animator Derek Bond on. I about two years ago I talked to him about this episode. His words, Darkwing Dabloon was a nightmare and a horror of horrors to animate. (laughs) He said, Kennedy Cartoons was not equipped to handle an episode with 16 different characters. And I count 16. I'm counting Seaman Drake and Fenton as separate characters because they are separate characters. Mm -hmm. So he said 16 different characters, all but one of them in a different outfit and all the action taking place on boats in the water. He said Kennedy was not able to handle that, and the whole episode was a complete horror show. He did not enjoy working on this one. And mm. look, looking at the finished animation, it's competent, 
but it looks like no one's having fun animating this thing. And mm-hmm. it's a little sloppy, but it's not terrible. It's just, it's adequate. But I expect more from Darkwing Duck, you know? Mm-hmm. Were there any scenes in particular that really it, it jumped out at you that you really loved? Uh, there was one scene when they were uh, floating in the ocean and the sun and the, the ship, one of the ships is sinking. I don't want to get too in detail. I kind of want to wait to it, you know? I do agree with you on that one, but we'll wait yeah. till that happens okay. but you know again before we jump into the plot not a huge fan i know you like it a little bit better than i do mm-hmm. uh so that said um let's start talking about the episode all right we got herb and binky and their royalty mm-hmm. <laughs> and not we got the... tank oh yeah Go i was on. just gonna say and we got tank and he's bullying haunt yeah so we get the muddle foot at the beginning here which is nice this isn't the the only time we see herb as a king we mm-hmm. he yeah he he's they put him in a king outfit later on in the series, too. Uh, let's not talk about that. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that one either. Um, <laughs> but here's our problem. We have so many characters, and we only have a half hour. Binky gets two lines. Tank gets one. Honker doesn't talk at all. Yeah. And um, even before we see the Muddlefoots, the episode starts on modern-day St. Canard and then fades into the title card with the pirate ship. And you get, like, regular Darkwing Duck narrating it really fast. Like, he's talking super fast. Mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't supposed to start that way. Like, it was just supposed to start with the ship. But someone's like, hey, the kids will get confused if it's just a pirate ship. We have to explain what's going on here. So just get Darkwing to narrate it at the beginning. Because the beginning is very sloppy. And, like, Darkwing's talking super fast. Like, setting up the story. Um... So, yeah, so here are the Muddlefoots, and then um, we switch over to the villains. Yeah, we got uh, Megavolt. He's, uh, he doesn't want to get wet. Well, I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, and then we got Negaduck and the villains, and uh, they, they spot the royalty. Yep, they spot the royalty. Interesting thing here, we have our Fearsome Five. I would say Negaduck, Megavolt, and Liquidator are treated very well. Mm-hmm. Um, two characters aren't. Are you ready to vent about which one yeah, you're upset about? Yeah, hurry up and get it over with. Quackerjack <laughs> has literally three lines of dialogue in this one. He is not dressed in any interesting pirate outfit. No toys, no banana brain, nothing. He might as well not even be in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, neither should Bushroot. Bushroot does nothing in this one. No plant stuff. He has three lines, just like Quackerjack. And he's dressed like in a fez and like Aladdin parachute pants. It's really odd. Missed opportunities all around in this episode to use the villains in a really fun way. Besides mm-hmm. Megavolt, Megavolt gets some cool scenes. Yeah. Um, but I know Quackerjack let you down and I, I was let down by him too. Yeah. Liquidator got a cool scene too with LP, but that we'll get into that later. Yeah. So here's our villains, the fearsome five. They see the Muddlefoots, you know, the, the Royal ship and they decide to rob it. And we didn't mention somebody else who's aboard the Muddlefoot ship. Uh, Seaman Drake. It's Seaman Drake. I I like to know what was going on with the voice direction because Jim Cummings' voice for Seaman Drake keeps changing. Mm -hmm. First, it's the normal Darkwing voice, and then it's like the the accent he has through most of the episodes. And every time he's Seaman Drake, the voice flip-flops. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really odd. And I'm going to say right now, the the voice for Darkwing Doubloon drives me up a wall i'm not a fan of it it's okay yeah it's it's odd but um so yeah the fearsome five they rob the ship 
they take all the gold and all the treasure. Mm-hmm. And um, so what happens next? Drake, he tricks the, the royals that the ship is going down. Yeah, I mean, the Muddlefoots are not all that bright. They fall mm-hmm. for it. They hop in a lifeboat and they leave. And we don't see them again until the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed the animation mistake that when the Muddlefoots are jumping in the lifeboat, you see Seaman Drake, you know, up on top of the ship putting on his mask, but the mask isn't colored in. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't catch that one. Um, so we all we, now we meet Darping Doubloon's crew. Mm-hmm. So who's his crew? We got LP and Fenton. They're sore fighting. We got Stegmud and Goslin. Ah, oh, this is where I get mad, Mike. This Why is the is missed opportunity. Neptunia should have been there. She's the ocean. Why? Who, who would you have dumped for Neptunia? I would have dumped anybody. Maybe Goss. Ah. <laughs> or, or, or Stegmud. You know. Yeah. Because to is... me, Neptunia made more sense than Stegmud, man. Yeah, I wonder why they chose Stegmud over Neptunia. That had to have been. Um, I'm not a big fan of Stegmud. I know when we did a poll on our page, Stegmud won over Neptunia, but I'm a Neptunia guy, so I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah. and I love Susan Silo. And happy birthday, Susan. Happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday, Susan Silo. Mm. Um, Pointing out, this is Stegmud's last episode, and this is Gizmoduck's his last episode too. Uh, we don't see him as Gizmoduck yet. They actually throw Fenton into this episode. He only gets two lines. Like, I don't even know why he's in this as Fenton when they don't even use him in any, like, clever way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Darkwing Dabloon shows up. He has, you know, kind of the basic Darkwing outfit, but it's all piratey. He has the pirate hat. He's wearing pants. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to go and, you know, fight Negaduck. Yeah, he wants to go uh, fight Negada for the vessel he sold. Mm-hmm. And this is a funny scene. There's like two hilarious scenes to me on this episode, Mike. Uh, I love when uh, Negada starts off this scene. He goes, one for you, 36 for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Negaduck's not going to share loot, you know, fairly. Of course he's not. Yeah. <laughs> so the balloon gets, a, gets an entrance line, of course. He says, I am the terror that sails the seas. I am the flea on your parrot. And no, I'm not going to do it in the accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then we get DW and Negaduck. And, uh, but DW tricks Negaduck on the plank. Very Bugs Bunny Yosemite Sam. Yeah, he spins the plank around and pretends to fall off the other end. And Negaduck steps off the, the, the right end, ends up in the ocean. Yeah. Um, Negaduck's like the MVP of this one. I think Negaduck's like the best character. And basically, he's just he's still Negaduck, even though he's a pirate. Mm-hmm. And I like how he calls he he keeps calling him Dim Whip Buffoon. Yeah, Buffoon. <laughs> Dim Whip Buffoon. I think um, one time he calls him Baboon. One one yeah, time later, he does on. call him Baboon. Yeah. <laughs> this one, this scene ends in a really odd way, yeah, and I'll describe coin. it. Yeah, you know, the balloon grabs the coin, and he's like, "I'll take this as a remembrance of our first, something like that." And then Negaduck pulls the hat over his head and like sticks his hand into the hat like, into his neck, and then reaches around, and then Dabloon disappears in a cloud of smoke. I don't know what Negaduck was trying to do, mm-hmm. but it was really strange. Um, mm-hmm. So this whole thing, Dabloon goes back to the, you know, his um, crew members and tells them he wasn't there to get the treasure. He was just there to give Negaduck a false sense of advantage. So yeah. the whole scene was pointless. He didn't even need to be there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my thing about this episode's script. It jumps back and forth to, like, their ship, Negaduck's ship. 
they get the gold, they lose the gold, this happens, this happens, and this episode is just basically one big fight. But this next scene, though, Mike, I think is the uh-huh. funniest scene in the entire episode. Like, I couldn't help but laugh and rewind it and watch it a second time. Which part so, is that? Uh, when we got the balloon and his crew, they spot uh, Negaduck and his crew, and both crews are now got ropes, and they're going to swing to each other's ship. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that part up. I like this part, too. Oh, man, this part is this part is just so funny. So the both both teams uh, swing to the other ship, the other team's ship. So, like, they literally go right across each other, and now Darkwing and them are on the ship with the jewels. <laughs> And then Negaduck goes, go back, go back. (laughs) (laughs) That is, you know, this episode has some gems. There's some funny stuff going on. I will admit that. Man, that part cracked me up, man. (laughs) So everyone ends up on the ship together. Yeah. So Goslin goes into Negaduck's captain's quarters and starts handing other characters the treasure. Like, Mm -hmm. um, we finally see Gizmoduck in his actual armor. Gizmoduck is my favorite part of this episode because I love this armor. Like he's got the he's got a conquistador helmet. One of his arms is a mace. The other arm is a cannon. He has all this like period armor on, but he still has a white wall tire, like a 1950s tire he's riding on. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the design. You know, I like his regular armor more, but I think it's kind of cool. He even gets to say blathering blatherskite. So he gets into a fight with Megavolt, which is basically just him hitting Megavolt on the head with the mace over and over again. Yeah. And then um, Liquidator's fighting LP, right? Yeah. Who does LP remind you of? Come on. You got to know this one. I don't. Who does he remind you of? Oh, man. They had him dressed up like Smee from uh, Peter Pan. Oh, with the striped shirt. I see it. Yeah, and and, and a bandana. Yeah, I mean, Smee is, you know, completely different body type, so it didn't register. But with the stripes and the bandana, yeah, yeah. okay, I see it. I totally mm-hmm. see it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, LP's fighting Liquidator, which is, I don't really think we've ever seen them fight before. Mm-hmm. And so Liquidator manages to knock LP overboard, and then Liquidator and Megavolt defeat Gizmoduck together. They actually work together, which you never see. Yeah. Because it's cool. Liquidator becomes a puddle. And Megavolt electrifies the puddle, and Gizmoduck falls apart. Like, literally. Yeah. He totally falls to pieces. Like, I don't even know where Fenton's body would be in there. Like, every part of his body falls apart. And they toss him overboard. Mm-hmm. And um, Stegmut goes into the captain's quarters. Goslin gives him some jewels. But when Stegmut turns around, he knocks Goslin into the empty treasure chest. And Stegmut gets captured. And basically, all the good guys have to flee the ship. Yep. They forget somebody, though. They forget Goss because yeah. she's stuck in the chest. Yeah, they didn't know where she was. Mm-hmm. They they don't even realize she's gone for like several minutes. Yeah, and then we get DW and Negaduck really quick. And uh, well, did did we, did we already skip that part where he falls off the plank? Yeah, that was earlier. Okay. Uh, no, no, I'm saying the, no, this time well, the DW this falls time off the DW plank. DW does. Yeah. Yeah. He calls he calls him a baboon and a doubloon's like that's the that's buffoon. I mean doubloon. And then falls off the plank, and he's yeah. They all they're all gone. The good guys have been beaten. And there's I guess this is funny. It makes me chuckle when um Negaduck's like yeah we won, and everyone on the ship goes yay, <laughs> <laughs> like they could care less. Yeah, but then he he realizes all his treasure is gone, man. Yep, because they all have the treasure on Dubloon's ship, and this is this is weird. He go like he, he goes into his you know his captain's quarters, the treasure. The place has been ransacked. He, t- he grabs a treasure chest. 
he throws it up in the air and it sticks to the roof of the cabin. Yeah, the ceiling. <laughs> like, I don't know how it does that. I guess it's only like that so you could smack the bottom of it and Gosling can fall out. But mm-hmm. that kind of defies physics, doesn't it? Yeah. Um. So she comes flying out. She's his prisoner now. And then the balloon and his crew discover she's gone. Yeah. And uh, that's when Fenton gets his only other line. He just says, me neither. And that's it. There's no more Fenton for the rest of the episode. Yeah. And uh, then uh, th- that's when they try to sneak back to the ship, though, right? Yes, as quiet as shit mice. But no one told Gizmoduck and Stigma how to be how to be quiet. Yeah, they're super loud. Yeah. I mean, Stigma's a, a dope. He just yeah. he jumps on everybody. He's... He's, I don't like stigma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they return to Jules for Goss. It's, a, it's supposed to be a trade, but Negaduck reneges on the trade. Yeah, he's like, nah. <laughs> and then Dabloon throws a hissy fit. Yeah. And, and Negaduck's holding Goslin by her pigtails. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cruel. And <laughs> that would hurt. Yeah, that would hurt. And they have the whole runner where um they keep saying that Goslin is spirited, and then somebody else says, he hates that. Mm-hmm. So that's a throwback to like Taurus Bulba always calling her spirited. It yeah. must be. Yeah, so then we get Darkwing comes up with a plan, or, or the balloon, I'm sorry. The balloon oh. comes up with a plan where he wants the, uh, his sunk, sh- uh, he wants his ship to sink. He wants, yeah, he, wants to, he, he wants to fake him, yeah, fake him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gaz finds out, this is where we get an error though. Gaz now finds out about uh, Negaduck's island, his map that's in the cabin. <laughs> And yeah. we, get a huge, we get a huge error here, Mike, that I caught, you know? Yeah, for a single scene, Megavolt's drawn with his usual outfit. Mm-hmm. It's really quick, though. Yeah, it's hard It's hard to see, because I think Bushroot is, has a line during that shot, so you're not looking at Megavolt. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene I do like. This is one of my favorite bits, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense, that um, that Goslin says, oh, you must have an island. And Megavolt says, you bet we do. And then Negaduck says, you almost told her about the map. And he, he kind of didn't. He didn't say a word about a map. Yeah. Um, and then Bushroot walks in and goes, yeah. And he almost told her it's in your cabin under the Stetson. And then, <laughs> and that's like Bushroot's last line in the episode. I think he gets maybe one more. And then I do like when Negaduck chases him with his sword. He goes, come here with that. I'm going to kill you with that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's going to kill them. He's yelling at them. He's going to kill them. Um. Yeah, so Goslin gets away. She she's able to escape the ropes and um, goes back into the cabin, steals the map. Negaduck comes back in, sees her with the map, and doesn't take it from her. Yeah, she's he, able to hide it. Yeah, he ends up tying her to the front of the ship. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, you have a lot of spunk." He goes, "You'd be a good figurehead for my ship," and he ties her right to the mast. Yep. Yeah, and then we get the balloon ship with Negaduck's ship, and they're kind of, it's like they're going to ram each other, but they end up going side by side. They're playing chicken. Yeah. Basically. Um, two things I like as the ships are playing chicken, basically. Negaduck's ship, instead of actually turning around, the ship itself leaps up in the air, spins to face the balloon, and goes back in the other direction. Yeah, they're then, like a 180 in the air. <laughs> and then when the ships pass each other, for some reason, Negaduck's ship does the goofy holler. Yeah, I heard that. Okay, I didn't know what that was at first. I was like, did I hear that correctly? It's good, for no reason whatsoever, his entire <laughs> ship just goes, ah, hoo, hoo, hoo. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And yeah, they're going back and forth, and Stegma throws Dabloon onto Negaduck's ship so he can go untie Goslin, but Dabloon gets tied to the mast because he's 
He doesn't know what he's doing. Goslin falls into the water. His ship gets destroyed completely. Yeah. And, and Negaduck then, wins. Yep. And and then we well uh then uh the balloon make uh Megavolt until he turned him into a magnet too. Then oh, he... I skipped and I like this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Megavolt becomes a living magnet at some point. Mm-hmm. Um the swords are flying at him, a cannon flies at him. Um Megavolt gets some cool scenes. Him and Liquidator are treated pretty well, I'd say. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been then, cool if Quackerjack had some sort of like silly pirate outfit or Banana Brain was on his shoulder like a parrot? Yeah, they they did him dirty though, man. They really did not a single toy. Yeah, but then we get the balloon. He rescues God, but he ties himself up in in the process though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's actually tied to the mast as the ship rams into each other. So you know, and basically the balloon ship is chopped right in half, and Negaduck wins. Yeah. And everybody's in the water and this is the this, this is, is the animation the scene. like. Yeah, I do yeah. I like it. Describe it. Yeah, it's basically like the sun's going down or or something, but it's really uh, was it explosion from the ship sinking? The ship is from exploding, the, yeah. Yeah, the ship is exploding and it's like fire in the in the sea. It looks really nice, man, and they're all just watching it, you know. The background art is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. And uh Gizmoduck has a little life raft he inflates around himself. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. um, they all climb yeah. up on Stegmut because yeah, uh, Goslin reveals she has the map. Yep. And they all get on Stegmut. He becomes their raft. And we get, you know, the Fearsome Five end up on their island and they actually sing. Not a it good sounded song. Like, uh, it sounded like the Bottles of Beer on the Wall song, but they kind of just remixed it. <laughs> it does sound like Bottles of Beer. Yeah, you know, Pirates are something to fear on the sea. Pirates are something to fear. I think it's... They, Catch the ship, take the ship, take the gold. Something I don't know every single line, but but as they're <laughs> as they're marching, uh, the good guys are picking off the characters one by one. Um, I like how they get rid of Liquidator. Did you see how they did that? Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Quacker. Jack, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to remember how they got rid of Quacker Jack. They just grabbed him by the beak and they pull him off screen. Okay. They and, pull uh, Bushroot underground. And Liquidator, of course, they get him in a giant sponge. And uh, yeah. Megavolt, they just grab him by the arms and just pull him off off screen. And then the the Bloon and Negaduck get in a fight in the dark. Yeah, in their cave. Um, it, you know, it's all right. It's an interesting fight. I like I like the scene where um, Negaduck takes the his sword, slices off the tips of the candelabra, and then blows them out. And the rest of the fight takes place in darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of cool how they set that up. You don't know who wins until you actually see the Bloon with his foot on Negaduck's back. Yeah, so the, so we get the balloon. He defeats Negaduck, and then uh, Drake, Seaman Drake, returns the jewels. Yeah, and we also see the bad guys one last time. Um, they're all tied up in the brig. Now I get tying up Quackerjack, Megavolt, and Negaduck. How does that work with Liquidator and Bushroot? <laughs> like this is this is how far we've come from Dryhard, where you can defeat Liquidator by tying him up. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. The, the bad guys are defeated. And yeah, Seaman Drake is back. And Herb is all appreciative. No, you, you locate a ship for me. You find my jewels. How can I repay you? He gives him one coin. <laughs> well, Drake chooses the one coin. Yeah. It, it, I guess it's the coin from the beginning of the episode that he wanted. It's not explained, but that's my assumption. <laughs> Which, if that's it, it does. it's not really explained too well. And... That's it. That's it. 
that's, that's it, it for this so episode. They, yeah, I mean, they try for a cool scene of like they pan up to the mast, to the um the sail, and you see um Darkwing Dabloon's shadow piloting the ship. Um, and that's it. It it just ends, and the that's Darkwing Dabloon. My other question is: Is Darkwing Dabloon supposed to be a bad guy, just not as bad as Negaduck? Because the Muddlefoots are afraid of him. And mm-hmm. when Negaduck shows up, they're like, oh, I thought it was the Darkwing Dabloon. And is he supposed to be, like, a bad guy, too? Like, what's... I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I think he's supposed to be, like, a Robin Hood, I guess. That's what I took out of it. Yeah, like, he steals like, from the ridge, but gives to the poor or something. They keep calling him the Scourge of the Seven Seas. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't call a hero that. And, like, Launchpad's like, yeah, you're the worst. And it's like... I don't know, like I said, I think there's just script problems with this one, but it's fun. You watch it once, you, you're not really in a rush to ever watch it again. Yeah. Um, so I had to take pretty so detail. Le- I had to take pretty detailed notes to remember exactly what happened in this one. Um, okay, so l- let's get into the these scores. Let's get let's get into the Gascon uh, ratings. Yeah. yeah. You want to start? Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Oh, um, go for it. Okay. I don't know what score you're going to give. I'm going to give it a two. Okay. I think it's, I think it's okay to watch one time. Uh, the scene where they, uh, they swing to each other's ships was just hilarious. <laughs> that, is man. that scene, that scene was just so funny. You know, it's kind of cool to see gizmo. Uh, I don't care for stigma, but you still get liquidator and a mega They, they get used really good. Yeah. Um, it sucks for Quacker Jack and Bushroot fans because they're pretty useless. But, you know, you get a glimpse of them a little bit and we get to hear him say it's playtime once. We, at he least gets he that does. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where this episode really hurts me is I really I hate that Neptunia is not in it. it I, I just felt like she should have <laughs> she would have been perfect for this episode, man. Um like you said, the the I was gonna mention that like you never really senses what is the bloom doing? Is he good? Is he bad? Because like you said, the Muddlefoots were scared of him. Like Herb was like, oh my god, as long as it's not the bloom, you know? Yeah. And then he gave back to them. He was fighting Negaduck the whole episode, and then it was like he seemed like he was greedy at one point. It, it like you said, the writing was all over the place, man. But this is my butt. This is where I'll save the episode. If you want a break from the episodes, you know, with the crime fighting and St. Canard and, you know, the usual villains and stuff, it's a, just a one-time episode to just get a break from that, but it's still Darkwing. You know what I'm saying? I think That's why I feel it's okay. This. Yeah, mm. I think they want to do more of this kind of thing, and just they just never get around to it, or maybe someone thought it was a bad idea. Because I remember reading an interview, like, when the show first started, they were going to do more plots like this. Like, Darkwing could be like this in one episode. He could be like this in another episode in the past. But this is the only one that does this. Yeah. And so I think it's better I'm off I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give it a two. I'm okay with it for one time. If they would have brought it back, uh, heck no. But go yeah. ahead, Mike. What's your score? Um, I'm not going to be so mean to give it a one. I'll go one and a half. Because okay. having all these characters, you know, makes it worth watching. The scenes that are funny, you know, they're fine. They are funny. But yeah, this is this is not a good, not a well written episode. I just feel like just, the characters are running around the balloon ship, Negaduck ship. They lose the jewels, they lose Gosling, they come back, they don't get Gosling, they get the jewels back, the ship explodes, and it's like it's just one big sloppy chase. And some characters are just not used well at all. Like you could take Quackerjack and Bushroot out, and it wouldn't change the episode at all. Um, 
So it just feels like a very rushed, sloppy episode. Um, but I like that Gizmoduck's in it. He's the last time we're going to see him. Um, Negaduck's always funny. Like, there's not really a bad Negaduck performance. Even as a pirate, he's funny. Um, he has some funny lines, like when he says to Goslin, what's wrong with my cabin? He's like, his feelings are hurt. Um, <laughs> so he's funny. It's always fun to see Herb. It's just, and the Kennedy animation isn't bad, but it's just bland. And knowing mm. what I know behind the scenes, like, it explains a lot. So one and a half, I'm just not thrilled by it. It's not one I feel ever feel like in the mood to watch again after I watch it, you know? So one okay. and a half. Okay. All right, so Mike, before we announce the next episode, right? Um, we have a, a a little announcement of our own to make. You want to yes. kind of get us started on that? Well, we've been trying to think of different things to do to extend the life of the podcast. We're we're pretty far into the show at this point, and we realized after the next episode aired, the show took a break in syndication for like almost two months. So we decided mm-hmm. to take a break ourselves after next week's episode. And bring you guys all sorts of different bonus episodes instead of episodes of the show, um, which we think you guys are going to like. We're not going to say what we plan to do yet, Will, unless you think it's a, we should wait, right? Uh, let, let's wait to the next one. Yeah. We have some yeah. plans, but after next week's episode, we're going to take maybe a month, month and a half break. So maybe four or five weeks where we're not going to do any more episodes. After the next one, we're going to take a little break. But we're going to still be bringing you guys some fun content. So I wouldn't worry on about Mondays, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, still on Mondays, yeah. Still on some content. These mm-hmm. aren't going to be flash quacks. These will still be actual episodes. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So we have some fun things planned. Some, maybe some merchandise stuff. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But maybe the next episode. Maybe a guest. We, we have some plans. We have to um, <laughs> finalize. But we do have plans. Don't worry. Our next episode is we, the last one that aired in 1991. And it's Tis the Season to be Jolly. It's our Christmas episode. Wonderful it's a wonderful leaf. leaf. And who you think the villain is? Uh, Bushroot. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I miss Bushroot. I miss talking about Bushroot. So this yeah. should be a really fun one. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and this episode actually got a special treatment with uh, the Disney Movie Club, too. And the VHS, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it got to because it was a Christmas episode. But you know what? Let's let's not go on too much. This should be a really fun one. So look forward to it's a wonderful leaf next week, followed by some lots of fun diversity for us for a little while. Um, yeah. But that was Darkwing Doubloon. Mm-hmm. And anything else, Will? Before we wrap well, it up tonight? No, that's it, man. Just you know, uh, we just had two people's anniversary of their death. We had uh, Rusty Taylor and who who's the other one? June Foray. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So so rest in peace to them. And uh yeah. we had a happy belated birthday to Susan Silo. So, you know, some some people that who work with Disney, you know, we had to give us a little shot drop and shout out of to course, them and all. Of course, definitely. Yeah. I neither neither of them were on Darkwing Duck, but you know, Rusi was Huey Dewey and Louie, June Foray was Grammy Gummy and uh Magic of the Spell and Mob Eagle. So very, very important voice actresses for Disney. And of course, mm-hmm. Susan Silo, our Neptunia. Happy belated birthday yeah. to her again. And, yeah, she um, should have been on this episode, though. <laughs> I yeah, Maybe they didn't put her in because she was too competent. Darkwing's crew, mm-hmm. Launchpad, Gizmoduck, and Stegma, they're not all that competent, so it made sense. Neptunia mm-hmm. might have been too smart for her own good for this episode. Who knows? I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. just theorizing. 
Um, okay. So that's it. That's All it for tonight, yeah. guys. Yeah, that's it, guys. And uh, make sure y'all stay dangerous. Arr, good night. <laughs>